are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. We are kicking off a brand new series that we're simply calling Lost and Found. I began to process through Easter and what is Easter all about and what does it look like. So I, I decided we're going to stay in a series called Lost and Found for a couple of weeks leading up to Easter. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever lost something and you've struggled and struggled and struggled to find it? I don't know about you, but it absolutely drives me crazy when I've lost a piece of paper, I've lost something. I will turn the house upside down. I will turn my office upside down just to find that one little piece of paper or that one item that somehow has gone missing. Or maybe it's you personally, maybe you've gotten lost before and you were scared to death. Can I be honest with you? Today's generation, they don't understand what it means to really be lost. You see, at any moment, they could call out to Siri or to Alexa or their whatever smart device they have, and they could pinpoint where they are, and it can get them home. But I remember back in the day when we didn't have these. I know some of the kids are like, there was a time before cell phones? What did you do? I remember a time growing up. Let me just, can I just be honest with you? This is confession time. I am awful with directions. Terrible absolutely the worst that there is when it comes to directions. You could put me in a community that I've been in thousands upon thousands of times, and I will still get lost. There are times that I'll, I'll go to a new location, and I'll, and I'll try to remember, okay, I've turned left, I've turned right, and I'll pull in the parking lot, and I'll go into the meeting. I'll come out of the, out of the meeting thinking, which way do I need to go out of the parking lot? I'm just being honest with you. I'm really, really, really bad. I could get lost very quickly. That's why God blessed me with a tremendous wife. She never gets lost. Never. You can blindfold her, take her to a community she's never been in, spin her around 75 times, take the blindfold off, and she goes, this road runs the same way as our road. I'm like, all I know is that's a road. That's all I've got. You know what I'm saying? So have you ever been lost and you're scared to death? This morning I asked Pastor Andy to lead us in the old hymn of the church, Amazing Grace, because there's a section of the song that really challenged my heart as I was processing through this series. It says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Over the next several weeks, we're going to really dig into this idea of lost and found. What does it look like to really be lost? What does it look like to really not know what we're doing or where we're going? What does it look like to not have that in our hands because we just can't seem to find it? Well, let's break down this idea of lost and found just for a moment. The word lost, by definition, is this. No longer possessed. In other words, I no longer have it in my hands. Unable to find the way, or three, hopelessly unobtainable. Maybe you felt that way before. It seems like you can no longer find your way. It seems like you, you've tried and you've tried. You, you, you've searched it out. You, you're trying to do what's right. You're trying to go down the right path. You're trying to make the right choices. But for some reason or another, you keep stumbling. You keep falling. And you can't seem to quite grab a hold of that. It seems hopelessly unobtainable. 
Maybe that's how you feel in your walk with God. God, I want to follow you. God, I want to do what you've called me to do. God, I want to be who you've called me to be. But God, I can't seem to grab a hold of it. Something is missing. That's how Solomon felt in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, everything is meaningless. Complete meaningless. There just seems to be no hope. Everything is hopelessly unobtainable. It's just just beyond my reach. I can't seem to, to grab it. Life is simply futile. But there's a second word in this lost and found idea. It's the word found. Found by definition is to locate, to attain, to obtain by search. Or effort. Did you know that in order to find something, it takes effort? Now, I think sometimes it's harder for guys. You ladies can say amen. It's okay. I'll holler at my wife. Angie, I cannot find whatever it is. She's like, did you look in the cabinet? I have looked in the cabinet three times. I have been in the cabinet. I have crawled in the cabinet. It's not there. She walks in and goes, here you go. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a little extra effort on our parts. Definition number two, to locate or recover something lost or misplaced. We will go through many hoops to discover something that has been lost. Something, uh, sometimes there must be a lot of effort on our parts to discover what we've misplaced or what is hopelessly unobtainable. As I was researching a little bit this week on Lost and Found, I found some really funny Lost and Found posters that I want to share with you very quickly. Look at this first one. It says, Lost dog, no reward, keep the dog. (laughs) Identifying marks should answer to Daisy, but doesn't. Will bite blonde children and adult twins. Personality, he's oily. I don't even know what that means. How is that a personality? Angry at the world. Last seen darting into Fifth Avenue, causing a minor, very large pileup. If found, keep the dog. Don't keep the dog. I don't care. Look at the second one. Mistaken identity. Puppy found. He's brown slash gray, female, male, I'm not sure, there's no collar, not very friendly, three months old, maybe, found on it, it gives a direction. I, I think somebody's mistaken there that's not really a dog. Look at, our, look at our third one here. The opposite of lost. I love what this says, don't try to find me. I have finally escaped my master's wicked clutches. To others I say, join me, bite the hand that feeds you. Viva la liberté. Signed, Pierre. Look at this next one. Missing cat. Tabby cat with three legs. Answers to baloney. <laughs> this next one, this is probably my favorite. Is this cat your, or is this your cat? He's trying to move into our house. <laughs> this is the intruder. And finally, some of you will appreciate this. Have you seen him? Probably not. Because then you'd be dead. (laughs) I want to talk to you about the first time that Jesus apparently was lost. 
Did you know that there was a time that that Jesus' earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, misplaced their son? Could you imagine what that sounds like? I I know anytime my kids were little, if we misplaced them for a moment, the first thing I started doing was praying, right? I mean, you're interceding. You're like, God, you've got to help me find this child. Lord, I'm so sorry I've misplaced him. Could you imagine? Go with me just for a moment into the place of Mary and Joseph. And here they are. They're traveling along, and we're going to read this story in a moment. But they're they're traveling along, and they realize that Jesus is missing. So the first thing they're going to do is pray. And then they say something like this. So, um, God, um, we know that you sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah, and that is so awesome. We, we really appreciate that. Um, but we thought you might want to know that he's <clears throat> missing. We're, we're not really sure what we did with him. Uh, can you help us? Find it. Could you, could you imagine that conversation of, of crying out to God, you've misplaced his one and only son? That's where Mary and Joseph found themselves. Luke chapter 2, verse 41, it says this, every year Jesus' parents, that's Mary and Joseph, his earthly parents, uh, went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first. Let that sink in for a moment. That's good parenting right there. Parents didn't miss him at first. Because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Three days later, they find Jesus. Our text today, Luke chapter 2, verse 45, when they couldn't find him, when they couldn't find Jesus, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. My question is this, was Jesus really lost? Let that sink in for a moment. little background story. Joseph and Mary were devout Jews. They would observe Passover In Jerusalem every year. Now, in the Bible times, people would travel in caravans to these feasts. The women and children oftentimes would go ahead and they would set the pace for the journey. And the men and even the young men would follow behind. Relatives or even entire villages oftentimes traveled together and they watched out for one another's kids. Now, at the age of 12, Jesus was at that place where he probably would have roamed back and forth from the front to the back. You remember what it was like to be 12 years old. Joseph would think that Jesus was with Mary and the children, and Mary thought that Jesus was with Joseph and the other young men, and he was kind of hanging out together. Perhaps maybe he's even with one of the other relatives. By the way, this is easily done. I remember growing up, my best friend Shane and I, we had a great plan. 
You see, my mom was a children's church director at the church, which meant we hung around a little later because she always had to wrap things back up and get everything squared away in the basement at the church. And so I would always go down to, downstairs after church and hang out with mom. And Shane's parents always drove separate. They drove two different cars. I don't remember why. I think maybe his dad took care of the Sunday school or something. So they would drive separate on Sunday mornings. So we had this thing figured out where Shane would leave upstairs. He would come downstairs and he would hide in a closet. But he would hide long enough until his mom and his dad, Dale and Sharon would leave the church because Dale thought that Sharon had Shane and Sharon thought that Dale had Shane, but lo and behold, I had Shane. (laughs) It was a great plan. It worked. So that's probably kind of what Mary and Joseph were imagining in this moment, that surely that, that Jesus is just with the other or he's with part of the family. They had gone a day's journey from Jerusalem when they discovered, in fact, he was missing. It took a day of return to the city and another day of searching to find this lost child. The Bible says that Mary and Joseph were greatly distressed. But as I began to process through this, here's what I've discovered. Jesus wasn't really lost. He was simply in the place where they left him. Oh, now see, that made me go, whoa. You guys are like, oh yeah, that's obvious. Come on, look at this. Jesus wasn't lost. He was in the place where they left him. And I wonder how many times we cry out to God, God, where are you in my situation? God, you know that I'm struggling with this. God, you know that I'm dealing with that. God, you know that I've had it up to here. God, you see this opposition. God, you see this struggle. God, you see this temptation. God, you see all these things happen in my life. God, where are you? Why are you showing up? And I guess my response is, I know where he is. He's in the place where you left him. He's not really lost. He's not really missing. He's simply in the place where you left him. This morning, I want to take a few moments to rediscover where we've left Jesus. I'm going to give you four steps to rediscovering Jesus. Number one, remove the distractions that void your connection. Remove the distractions that void Your connection. Look at this. Luke chapter 2, verse 43 says this. His parents, Mary and Joseph, didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was with the others. Have you ever allowed distractions to get in the way of your walk with God? Come on, let's do a little self-examination here. Have you ever allowed situations and, and circumstances busyness of life, whatever it happens to be. Have you ever allowed those things to to become a distraction for what God has in store for your life? Sure, we, we all have. That's where Mary and Joseph found themselves. They allowed the chaos of the moment to cloud their minds. So much was biting for their attention. It's so easy to lose our perspective. So how do we how do we remove 
How is this removal established? <coughs> Number one is this. You've got to admit that Jesus is missing. See, at first they were saying, you know, where is Jesus? Oh, he's with Aunt Sally. Where is Jesus? Oh, he's with Cousin Joey. By the way, those are made-up names. I don't think they're biblical at all. He says his parents didn't miss him at first. How often is that the case? We get so involved in the business of our life, we find ourselves simply going through the motions, an emotional, spiritual journey, yet missing the real connection. It's as if Jesus is lost and needs to be found. But 2 Corinthians chapter 13 tells us this. Test yourselves. Test yourself. Make sure you are solid in your faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, say it with me, do something about it. I challenge you today, do a once-over in your life. Is Jesus here? Have I allowed him to hang out in this establishment? Or does it seem that Jesus is missing? See, that's exactly where Mary and Joseph were. They were seeing Jesus present because of mere hearsay. Yes. How often do we do that? Well, yeah, I, I know I'm a Christian because I go to church every week and everybody says that they can just see it on me. Every time I walk through church, I put a smile on my face, so I must have Jesus in my life. Mere hearsay. Have you done that exam on your life? Have you looked down deep inside? Is Jesus really present? See, Mary and Joseph were asking those around them, have you seen Jesus? Oh, sure, he's with this person, he's with that person. No real knowledge of the whereabouts, just depending upon hearsay, hoping for the best. I guess the question I have is, is Jesus missing in your life? Then the second statement I have here is this, determine in your mind that connection must be reestablished. See, it's not enough to admit. It's not enough to go, all right, here's the deal. Jesus certainly is not here. Jesus certainly must be missing or something because he's not in my life. I've done the exam and he's not here. It's not enough just to admit he's missing. That'd be like saying, well, it's, I'm hungry. So it's enough just to admit I'm hungry. Well, guess what, folks? You can admit all day long you're hungry, but until you eat something, you're not going to get filled up. Yes? Yet how often do we say, man, I don't know what's going on in my life. Jesus must be missing in my life. Something is a void in my life. Something is not clicking along in my life. Something is not working in my life. And yet we just hang out there. Well, I guess this is what I have to live with. No. See, Jesus came to pay an ultimate price. Not so that you can stay lost, but so you can be found. 
I once was lost, but now I'm found. Because of the price that Jesus paid. Must determine in your mind that connection must be reestablished. For some of you, it's being established for the very first time. Others, it's being reestablished. This is a decision that you must make for yourself. No one else can establish or even reestablish your connection with God but you. We read it just a moment ago in 2 Corinthians. You must choose to do a personal examination. It's a personal game of lost and found. I once was lost. I once was not able to obtain what God had for me. I had distanced myself. I had separated myself. I had walked away. But I must determine in my mind to make that new connection. See, in order to reconnect to Jesus, I must return to the place where I left him. Well, does that sound familiar? We're going to keep kind of coming back to that idea. Because Jesus isn't the one that's lost. Jesus isn't the one that's missing. Mary and Joseph, they thought he was missing. We're going to find out in a moment. He was right where he was supposed to be. For some of you, you've been running from God. For some of you, you've been simply distracted. You've got so many things going on. And sometimes those distractions are good things. They're well-meaning things. They're not sin. They're just distractions. Did you know that good things can be a bad thing when it becomes more important than God? Come on, let that sink in for a moment. A good thing can become a bad thing when it becomes more important than God. Some of us have allowed those good things, those volunteer moments, if you would, (coughs) to, to distract us from what God has in store. Suddenly it appears that Jesus is missing. Let me encourage you today. Make a determination to return to that place. Look at the third step. Take action to make the connection with Jesus. Now what would have happened if Mary and Joseph would have said, you know what? Hmm, I guess Jesus is missing. And stop the story there. Mom and dad, you go to the city, you're shopping, everything is great, and suddenly your little one decides they want to play hide and seek in the department store. And those little spinny racks are horrible. How many of your kids have hidden in those little spinny racks? Yes. You will search forever. What would happen in that moment? You went, huh, I guess little Johnny is missing. Well, let's go home. It's not enough to admit there's an issue. It's not enough to determine to make a new connection. You must follow through. Look at number three. Take action to make the connection with Jesus. Verse 45. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem. Oh, that's profound. They went back to the place where they left him and searched for him there. The moment that the They understood that Jesus was missing. They determined in their mind that something must change in order to find him. What did they do? They took action. They went back to the place where they lost him. 
Sometimes in order to return to that place, to find that place of hope or that place of life, we've got to get rid of some junk. See, I have a feeling that the journey back to Jerusalem didn't take as long as the journey to where they were. Because you had a frantic mama. And a frantic mama is going to throw everything off as fast as possible. She's going to beeline her way to find that which is missing, her son. Hebrews chapter 12 says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. What is it that slows you down this morning? What is it that's, that's hindering your walk with God this morning? What is it that's keeping you from returning to that place where you've left Jesus? It's time today to rid yourself of the unneeded weight in your life. It's time today to rid yourself of those things that so easily distract you and deter you and take you off course. It's time today to return to the place where you left Jesus. Listening to the radio this week, and a fairly new song came on. And I began to listen to the words. The song is called More Than Anything. It's by Natalie Grant. The course says this Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. I'm in my office this morning, and I'm walking around the office, and I'm praying, and I'm getting ready for the service, and that became my heart's cry. I said, God, help me want you more than anything else. And I'm fighting this sinus cold thing. It's been going on for a little over a week now, and I was convicted because I've been praying all week, God, would you heal my body? God, would you heal my body? But this morning I said, God, I want you more than the healing. I want you, God, more than anything. Lord, I want to be right smack dab in the middle of where you are. I don't want to be lost. I don't want it to appear that you're lost. But God, I want to be right there where you are. God, would you consume me today? And I ask you today, Do you want Jesus more than you want what he can do for you? Do you? Do do you want a relationship with Jesus more than what he is able to do for you? More than the blessing, more than the outpouring, more than the healing, more than the wisdom, more than the strength, more than the power, more than the anointing. Do you want Jesus more than anything? Matthew 6.33 says this, if we'll seek the kingdom of God above everything else. We live righteously, and everything else will fall into place. Do you want Jesus more than what he more than what do you want Jesus more than what he can do for you? Look at step number two. Don't allow your connection to be contingent upon others. What's happening here? Verse 44 says this, but when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. 
Look at what they did here. They began to look among their relatives and friends, searching for Jesus in other people. How often are we guilty of trying to connect with God on someone else's efforts? Man, you guys are quiet today. Leaning on someone else for connection. Maybe a family member, maybe a co-worker, maybe even your pastor. You allow someone else to be your segue into heaven. But can I be honest with you? It's not how it works. Isaiah 43 says this, For I am the Lord, your God. One translation says it this way, because I am God, your personal God. God's not looking for some sort of sidestep connection with you. He's not looking at some sort of segue moment where you're connected by this person, who's connected by this person, who's connected by this person, and then there's God. He says, I want to know you. I want to connect with you. I want to be your personal God. God doesn't want to be a pass-through. You cannot get to heaven on someone else's shirt tail. You can't connect with God on someone else's relationship. God wants an up-close personal relationship with you. It's time to stop trying to find Jesus on someone else's circumstance or someone else's relationship. It's time to return to the place of forgiveness and grace with God. It's time to return to the place where you left Jesus to begin with. He's not lost. But he's waiting there for you. Look at our third step. If you remain connected, a search is never needed. Come on, I know that's profound. But grab a hold of that. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. If they had remained connected, they would have never had to search. James chapter 4 says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. In other words, we keep that connection with him. The closer we are to him, the closer he is to us. God is telling you today that he is right in front of you. God is ready to connect with you. He's ready to reach out to you in your time of lost and found. He's ready to step forward with you. He's ready to become your everything. Look how Jesus responds to Mary and Joseph when they find him in the temple. Why, we, why did you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Well, look at that. Why did you even have to search for me? Didn't you know that, that this is where I'm supposed to be? I wasn't lost. You're the one that walked away, not me. 
You're the one that changed location, not me. You're the one that was looking between other people trying to find me. I was still right here every step of the way. I didn't move. Didn't you know this is where I'm supposed to be? He said, I'm not lost. I'm not hiding. I was never missing. I've been right where I'm supposed to be the entire time. See, the great thing about God is this. He will never leave you. But the sad thing about us is this. We can willfully walk away. Some of us are kind of like Mary and Joseph. We had that connection. We were hanging out with the crowd. We were all celebrating. We were all together. It was a great time together. But then suddenly something happens in our life and we leave Jesus in that spot and we walk away. Not willfully. I honestly believe that Mary and Joseph were heartbroken when they couldn't find their son. I don't think they did it on purpose. But something got in the way. Something distracted them. And they misplaced Jesus. But here's what I find interesting. After Mary finds her baby boy, She says something very profound, which leads us to step number four. Allow your moments with God to be treasures you cherish. She said this, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. Why is that important? Because the moment we fail to treasure our relationship with Jesus... We run the risk of walking away. The moment we take our relationship with Jesus for granted, the moment we no longer allow it to be the most important thing in our life, we run the risk of being distracted. We run the risk of separating ourselves. The Bible says that Mary, she treasured these things. She treasured that moment of returning and seeing Jesus stand in the temple. I can imagine that they were walking around Jerusalem trying to figure out where Jesus was. By this point, it's three days And someone says, I think, Mary, I'm almost sure that I see him over in the temple. That's all that Mary needed to hear. Because that mama began to run. She ran into the temple and she grabbed a hold of Jesus. She held him tight. She treasured that moment. 
ask you today. Where have you left Jesus? When is the last time that you had a connection with Jesus? Oh, pastor, I come to church every Sunday. That's not what I'm asking you. I go in my garage all the time. That doesn't mean I can fix a car. I'm asking you, when is the last time you had a connection with Jesus? I once was lost. isn't the one missing Jesus isn't the one lost would you return to him today would you bow your heads and close your eyes